You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Uh, it's amazing how when we give a little bit to the Lord, what He does with that, and sometimes it's just our yes and saying, I will step out um, and do whatever you ask, Lord. What is your will? And so that's the prayer today that uh, we all maybe can pray to the Lord. What is your will for me today, Lord? Um, and give me peace to follow your will. This is Real Presence Live. Steve Sponskowski here in studio with... Brad Gray. And uh, we're continuing our conversation. We just had a conversation with Father Shane Stevens uh, from St. Mary's in Del Rapids, South Dakota, working on the project there. Their Generations to Generations Campus Renewal Project. If you're heading down that way, stop in and say hi um, and look at what they're doing there. Again, great to hear that Father says he's got families who want to gather, but they have no space to do it. And so he wants to make it possible for them to gather there at the parish and to continue to grow in their love of Jesus Christ. And as we continue on that topic, we're going to visit with Dr. Kevin Vost. Good morning, Dr. Kevin. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing just fine, thanks, and thanks so much for having me on. Excellent. Where are you coming to us from this morning? From Springfield, Illinois, the land of Lincoln. Oh, very good. Mm. Well, I bet you it's warmer there than it is here. Well, obviously, the computer says it's 33 right now. Oh, oh sounds glorious. Uh, it, well, 33. It's, what is it this morning? Well, I don't it must be there. about 20. I don't know. I haven't checked. I just saw snow and knew that it was cold, you know? So. <laughs> oh, snow. Oh, it's Wonderful. 19. It's 19. Oh, you're gonna oh guess. 19. It's 19. There's a few flakes falling yeah. here in Fargo, but it, it's good. So you're, you get snow there in Springfield, too, right? Yes, we're supposed to get three to six inches tonight and tomorrow morning. I oh. hope we get it, because I, I enjoy it once in a while. Oh, have, have fun blowing snow tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as you're blowing snow, you can uh, ponder these uh, St. Thomas Aquinas meditations. But tell us a little bit about yourself uh, before we get into that conversation. Uh, who is sure, Dr. Sure. Kevin Vost? Well, that, that is a good question. I, I should have the answer if anybody does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right Right now, I, you know, I'm, I'm a, a father, a husband, a, a grandfather, a Catholic author, I'm retired from a career in mental and physical disability evaluation for Social Security and a part-time career in uh, college psychology teaching. Uh, To to go back in the beginning, I was a guy raised Catholic, Catholic grade school, Catholic high school. We went to Mass uh, every Sunday, though though we didn't really talk about Christ or the Church much at home. In my late teens, I read the wrong kinds of philosophers. I'm led to atheism for the next 25 years. Um, at age 43, through a series of events, the Holy Spirit leads me to read St. Thomas Aquinas uh, for the first time. And, and when I do that, boom, my faith is restored. I can come back to Christ in the Church. So since that time, I try to kind of hit the ground rolling, you know, trying to write about the things that I've learned from St. Thomas Aquinas, and even some things that I learned while I was away to try to put them in the service uh, of the Church. Hmm. Wow, that's glorious, Father. I'm a doctor. I'm sorry, we just had a uh, conversation with a father earlier. <laughs> and you are a father. Yeah, Dr. So, father. Dr. Father. <laughs> well, yeah. so so what was it that grabbed you about uh, Thomas Aquinas in general? And then, you know, we want to move into these these um, Lenten meditations, because I think most of us actually are unfamiliar with St. Thomas Aquinas' Lenten meditations. Yes, as I, as I was until fairly recently. But, but Thomas himself, just to, you know, there's so much I can go into here, but but in a very uh, kind of amazing and simple way. My own area of specialization in psychology was in human memory. I did a master's thesis on how to improve it in adolescence. My doctoral work was with the elderly people and people with Alzheimer's dementia who were losing their memory. 
And Thomas himself was actually um, considered a master in the understanding of human memory and how to improve it. So the first book I wrote when I came back to church was called Memorize the Faith, where I explained, you, you know, what he, what he did in that particular area. But in the broader sense, what drew me to Thomas, he was a man who reconciled faith and reason. In my years as an atheist, I was following people say, follow your reason, not faith. They're opposed. And St. Thomas shows how they go together hand in hand. As uh, St. Pope John Paul later said, is they're the two wings with which we fly to the contemplation of truth. Mm-hmm. So, so that really is what got me to Thomas, that he so showed how our, our human reason, the use of our mind, it could be fully in the service of the faith. We don't turn off our minds, you know, when we embrace Christ in the Church. So he just impressed me so much that way. In virtually everything Thomas uh, wrote about, I found a, a great value, a great interest. He just kind of uh, kind of wowed me. <laughs> so all the books I've written, I've written like, oh gosh, I think I'm going on book 28 now. They all, oh. in one way or another, summarize what he wrote, or in some way or another, they're, they're influenced by him. Fascinating. Wow, that is, that's quite the accomplishment that you've been so moved by, Thomas, that you're able to share that same uh, kind of energy that you've encountered with, with so many other people. Um, so, with regard to the Lenten meditations, Aquinas' Lenten meditations, I, I've never heard of these before. Where, you know, when did he write these? Where does this fit in kind of the whole uh, catalog of what Thomas offered? Yeah, and I will say, too, you know, I've been studying Thomas now for almost 20 years, and I really had not come across these firsthand uh, myself, you know, spending most of the time in his great Summa Theologiae Summa Contra Gentiles, his various biblical commentaries, uh, and so on. But I did know that Thomas, you know, he was part of the order of preachers, the Dominicans. So he wasn't only, you know, a scholar, university teacher, but he, he preached. He preached sermons to the people at the University of Paris, to lay people in Naples, Italy. And I was aware that, that some of the sermons, talking about things like explaining the, the, the Our Father to the people, explaining the Hail Mary, explaining the Creed, I knew those were out there, and I loved them, because they were very, very simple explanations, and yet you knew you were dealing with St. Thomas Aquinas, because they were also profound, but it was really just recently Sophia Institute Press, the publisher, you know, asked me to be the spokesperson for, for this book on Aquinas' Lenten Meditations, and I actually, because I was kind of their St. Thomas Aquinas guy, they knew mm-hmm. how much I was influenced by him, but these even were new to me. Uh, it looks like they, he taught them in, in, towards the last years of his life. I know there was a French priest in 1906 who, who compiled these as a series of Lenten uh, meditations. Now, and Sophia has just come out with a new, a new translation. So, so I was just you know really blessed to get a chance to go through these. I just started just a week or two ago, and and I find they're absolutely fantastic. Yeah, they're, they're glorious, and I plan when when Lent starts to actually go through them again. But day by day, as Thomas has set them out. You know, it's interesting. I think it was about four years ago somebody mentioned these to me, and I, I downloaded uh, them onto my phone, and I was reading through them. I thought, wow, this is Aquinas? Because this doesn't seem as heady as his Summa Theologica. It was just very, like you said, very practical, um, engaging, but also at that depth, as you mentioned, you know, the power of memory um, and the power of faith and reason and that connection. And so I remember one of the meditations was on creation, you know, and man's connection to creation. And so it's just a, yeah, it's, a, it's such a great wealth of knowledge in our church and, and uh, not even knowing that some of these things are there, we can uncover that um, in, in, uh, as we research and, and uh, reflect on uh, these great teachers. As you, uh, let's, let's go back a little bit to that, that faith and reason, because again, your, your journey from atheism um, and a focus on reason. Um, of course, uh, 
John, Pope John Paul II, uh, or John Paul the Great, or St. John Paul the Great, mm -hmm. however you want, yeah. <laughs> which title you want to use, um, in his Fetus et Ratio, Faith and Reason, he talks about how actually faith enhances reason. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, how did how did that how did you take that when you were were reading that um, and and reflecting upon that uh, through Thomas Aquinas and 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 JP too? Yeah, I mean to me it was just absolutely beautiful. You know, as I as I came back to the church in 2004, this was the last year of of the great you know Pope uh, Saint John Paul the second. So I saw how beautifully they tied together. And John Paul wrote very admirably of, of Saint Thomas in the way he united these because. You know, like when I was drawn away from the faith, there were certain arguments to the atheists, you know, based on reason. They would say, like, the idea of God is self-contradictory. How could God be all-powerful and all-knowing? If he knows what he's going to do tomorrow, then how does he have the power to do something different? You know, things like this. Mm -hmm. And then I read Thomas, and I see that over 700 years ago, he's addressed this kind of thing and resolved it. Just for that one in particular, you know, uh, that idea of God having a today and tomorrow is, is viewing God as if he's just a greater human being, some kind of a superman, mm. ignoring what, what God truly is and God's eternity. But Thomas says, you know, God doesn't have a yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's complete act. Everything is present to him at all times. And then he gives a beautiful little uh, you know, metaphor here. He said, just imagine somebody traveling to some town, and they're going on a hilly road. You know, they don't know who was there before them, who's there after them. They may not even see the town, maybe, until they're at the top of the last hill. But then imagine the perspective of someone high in the sky. You know, they see it all, all at once. And that's God's perspective. So, yes, so when I came across Thomas, you know, I saw that he rationally had answered a multiple arguments from the atheists that drew me away. So I'm first like, wow, this really makes sense. But then Thomas, you know, he's... he's He's a logician. You know, he follows Aristotle. He knows the Greek philosophers and the Romans. But then he's also showing how this is beautifully expressed in the writings of scriptures and the te teachings of Jesus Christ. So for to me, it just put it all together. And I do know some people uh, criticized Thomas in his time, saying he was watering down the faith of the scriptures with, 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 uh, with the water of human knowledge. And he said, no, by putting human knowledge in service of the faith, he's turning that water into wine. Mm. Wow, that's a great reflection. Yeah, uh, We do have to step away for a break a little bit here. Um, we are visiting with Dr. Kevin Vost on Aquinas' Lenten Meditations. Um, and you said this book is available through Sophia Prest? Press, you said? That, that's right. All right, and the, the website for that is... Is what? SophiaInstitute.com. SophiaInstitute.com. SophiaInstitute All right, SophiaInstitute.com. I want to check that out as we head into Lent here. We're going to continue this conversation um, on the other side of the break, but uh, we need to step away. So, uh, again, don't go anywhere. This is Real Presence Live. We're talking to Dr. Kevin Vost on the Aquinas Lenten Meditations. Maybe check those out at SophiaInstitute.com. Uh, we'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. As Catholic people, we recognize our lives are gifts from God. Blessings received are a result of God's grace and goodness. Our Lord entrusts us to be good stewards of His many gifts. We are called to conduct lives that honor Him and bear witness to our faith in Jesus Christ. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio. As we begin a new year, let's reflect a moment on stewardship. Your life should provide an example to others in the way you live your faith, the way you manage your possessions, and the way you plan your estate and personal affairs. You have spent a lifetime acquiring your assets and living your faith. 
Fortunately, we can provide you with an estate planning guide that allows you to put all of your important information in one place and enable you to document your intentions. To request an estate planning guide, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. This is Dr. Ryan Sappo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. We appreciate all the support our eye care clinic has received over the past year. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for the whole family, vision therapy services, contact lenses, and glasses. Lumen Vision is located across the street from Saints Anne and Joachim Parish in South Fargo. We accept a variety of vision and medical insurance plans. To schedule an appointment online, our website is www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. God made you for a purpose. He made you to accomplish some great work. What did he make you for? What were you really made to do? Realize your vocation with a degree designed for the Catholic professional. The University of Mary offers online undergraduate and graduate degrees steeped in the Catholic intellectual tradition. Start today in business, nursing, bioethics, education, counseling, applied theology, and more at catholicprofessional.life. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. This is Real Presence Live. Steve Swanskowski in studio along with Brad Gray. And uh, we are here in studio with Dr. Kevin Vost talking about Aquinas' Lenten meditations over the break. Uh, uh, Dr. Kevin told us that about 46 meditations in this book that's available from sophiainstitute.com. Um, and we're going to continue that conversation as, as we talk about this. You know, uh, Dr. Dr. Vost, Thomas Aquinas had this way of listening to people um, and trying to find what was true in what they said. As a matter of fact, one of the ideas was kind of like nobody can actually truly believe something they can't live something that they don't believe is true. And so trying to find that point where they must believe this is true and going to that point and building from there. How does that, how could that inform our uh, you know, ways that we can engage the culture today? Yeah, that is a great question. And this is a reason, one reason I love St. Thomas Aquinas is writing so much and find him so helpful. Yeah, you know, yes, in, in, in our time, listening to the other person, boy, you know, mm. if we turn on a, a new show and maybe see two people with conflicting views, will often seem like talking right past each other or setting up what they call straw men, misrepresenting what the other person says. And as the years have gone by, we've also gotten to the point where, you know, people so often try to keep people with different views from even speaking, you know, preventing them from giving a talk at a, at a college or somewhere if they have a different view from, from certain people who are there. But Thomas was the exact opposite in this, and it seemed most clear in, in his greatest book, The Summa Theologica, because for all of the thousand subjects he starts with, he starts with these little uh, brief paragraphs he calls objections. So before he gives you his opinion on, a, on an important matter, he gives you opinions from people who differed in some way from him. Mm. He, and he lays them out, and he lays them out so charitably, some say he steel-mans them. He, he writes them even more convincingly than the, the, the people did themselves. You know, he's so charitable in that way. And he writes them so convincingly. When I, when I write, borrowing from the Summa Theologica, I also have to be careful and make sure I'm not presenting one of his objections as if it's Thomas's teaching, because it, is, it makes so much sense, you know, mm. the way Thomas lays it out. And it may be based on a, on a verse from Scripture, 
It may be based on a saint from St. Augustine or another church father or a great authority like Aristotle. But then Thomas will go through, he'll present these various objections. Then he has a, a, a formula, he says, on the contrary. He'll give a quote from Scripture or a church father or someone who shows a different angle on it. Then he says, I answer that. He gives his, his own opinion. And then he does something, he replies to all these objections. And what he's doing, he's not saying, hey, that's why that was flat out wrong. He was saying, here, there was a partial truth in there, but they overlooked this sense, or it doesn't, you know, take into account this fact. So just a beautiful, beautiful way of reasoning. So Thomas does great respect to people have different views. Then he shows what his own view is, how it agrees with those in part, but where he believes it's mistaken, trying to lead us to the fullness of that, full, the fullest truth possible. Just a beautiful approach to, to approaching important questions. You know, I was just reading uh, this weekend the compilation um, on social doctrine of the Catholic Church. A great, a huge book, but an amazing book, and talking about how all social action, all human action, must start with relationship. And of course, I think it goes back to all action from faith has to start in relationship. Of course, w- what are we here for? You know, are we here to amass anything? The only thing we're really here to amass is relationships, relationships with our God and relationships with one another. Um, that's the ultimate goal, is the Lord wants us to be at one with Him in the beatific vision. And so I think that's, going back to that, listening. You know, we're, we're terrible listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it may, I had a conversation with the district drug judge, <laughs> not drug, judge, uh, a while back, and we were talking about how important it is to listen when people, you know, people call in with objections to either the radio station or the diocese, and to listen what they have to say. And he said, I have to tell you, a lot of people will... Uh, declare themselves not guilty of something um, until they get to their court date. They come into the, my courtroom, they tell their story, and then at the end I have to tell them, you're guilty. And they're willing to accept it at that point. They just wanted their time in court. They hmm. wanted to have their say. Um, and I wonder if that's not something, too, in the church that we have to step back and say, people just want to be heard. They want to first know that you heard what they had to say, and then they're willing to listen to what you have to say. Um, how does that strike you with the, in conjunction with this listening and, and uh, working forward in, in this relationship? Yeah, it sure did. I mean, it just, it just uh, you know, gels perfectly with it. it. It calls to my mind when Thomas addresses uh, the virtue of justice in great, great length in his Summa. And he, gives, he talks about like eight different kinds of varieties we can speak of in justice. But, but, but the two main ones, one is a distributive uh, justice, which is, which is more similar to our social justice, the justice that institutions or nations or groups have towards their individuals. And he also talks about commutative, or like a one-on-one form of justice. This is, like, regardless of what's going on in the broader society, we are called to act justly one-on-one with every person we meet. And even our, our catechism says, you know, we can't have that broader form of justice without that individual justice being based in that individual one-on-one justice. So, so yes, I see that just lived out in Thomas, the way he gives each person their due in listening to them mm. before he tries to kind of arrive at truth with them, as opposed to, you know, in direct opposition to them. You know, I think um, as we talk about listening to people, I think a big, a big way of actually training our hearts to be able to do that is, uh, is presented to us by the church in the time of Lent, right? Like the Lent is kind of really all focused on listening, on receiving, on, on being brought deeper into relationship with God. And we need to first kind of train ourselves to hear the voice of God that's forming us to be like Christ, right? 
So I, I'm just fascinated by this, these Lenten reflections that Aquinas offers. How, how do you see these as aiding us in the, the journey through Lent in that, that process of listening to God so that we can also be um, really true brothers and sisters to those around us? Yeah, I think one thing, if you, if you go through here, you'll find some amazing teachings. So as you might expect, he's talking about Christ's temptation you know, in the desert. He's talking about his suffering you know, that leads up to the Passion, the Passion, the Holy Week and all the beautiful theological teachings that, that come from there. Uh, and some things, if, you, if once you read these meditations, you, you're going to read a certain verse of Scripture in a way you never did before. You're going to look at something like a, sacri- a crucifix, perhaps, in a way you haven't looked before. So if I, I could give one example. Uh, one way you know this is from St. Thomas Aquinas, because he loves to quote the, the Church Fathers, St. Augustine, St. John Chrysostom, you know, all, all these great St. Jerome, these Church Fathers. Here's one one little meditation in which Thomas cites St. Bernard, and he's referring to Christ as depicted on a crucifix. So here's St. Bernard. Says, Who is not carried away to hope and confidence in prayer when he looks on the crucifix and sees how our Lord hangs there, the head bent as though to kiss, the arms outstretched in embrace, the hands pierced to give, the side opened to love, the feet nailed to remain with us. Mm. You know, and this book is full of reflections on it, wow. full of looking at deep meanings on, on what we hear, on what and you know, what we see. So, so that's why I think this book is a true gem. It is just yes. full of these beautiful insights. Wow, that that is rich. One could spend a whole lot of holy hours just sitting with each aspect of that, of what we've taken so much for granted. Right? We see the crucifix, and it's oh, there's Jesus, there's the crucifix, kind of moving on. Right, and we we kind of lose uh, a sense of wonder at the central mystery of our faith, um, and and how rich every element of that is. Honestly, how God communicates Himself so profoundly. So I just I love that uh, that just brief reflection that you just shared right now. I think that's a great thing that I'd like to take into prayer. I was actually looking at a crucifix right in front of me on the wall as you were saying that. I'm like, whoa, that's that is profound. Yeah. That's amazing. And I think that's important though. I think one of the we were doing listening sessions here across our diocese of Fargo and one of the things that came out of the conversation is people say we need to return back to the basics. Mm. I remember when I was a kid there was a book called Back to the Basics, mm. which was a book about how you could just live off the grid. But mm. it made me think of that phrase, you know, in our faith, we got to go back to the basics. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we get really, and that's where I think St. Thomas Aquinas is so profound and yet so simple, so mm-hmm. childlike in that going back to the basics. Christ is the foundation uh, of our salvation. And it's about that relationship with him and his desire to be in relationship with us. Um, and so folks, if you're looking for a Lenten reflection, uh, as we're coming up here, uh, Ash Wednesday is in a couple of weeks. Not too far away here uh, in the in uh, February, uh, tech, checking out that book uh, Aquinas Aquinas Lenten Meditations on um, the uh, SophiaInstitute.com website. Uh, also, uh, Dr. Kevin Vost, you mentioned your book uh, Memorizing the Faith, um, and that that's kind of that's your that was your first book that you wrote um, in yeah. conjunction with Aquinas. Uh, is that is that also a good companion to uh, to these Lenten reflections? Yes, it can be. You know, it, it, it's a kind of a catechetical book uh, in general. Probably the book that, that I've written, well, borrowing from Thomas's the closest companion, is I did do a book called Aquinas on the Four Last Things, mm. where summarizes his writings on death, judgment, heaven, and hell. And that, that can be especially appropriate uh, Lenten, uh, for Lenten reflection. Great. Excellent. So check that out. Uh, 
at um, uh, sorry, sophiainstitute.com, Aquinas Lenten Meditations, or Aquinas on the Four Last Things. Again, Dr. Kevin Vos, any last uh, thoughts you'd like to share with us in the last couple of minutes we have here? Oh, well, I would just say again, in this book on Lenten Meditations, you can find all kinds of surprising little gems there. Maybe I'll end with another, another symbolic, some beautiful symbolism that Thomas gives us. This is on the idea of Christ as the rock. He, he gives a verse from Song of Songs 214. It says, Come, my dove, in the clefts of the rock. And Thomas says, It is in the wounds of Christ that the church builds her nest and waits. So he's talking about you know, Christ's open side there on the cross. It is in the wounds of Christ that the church builds her nest and waits. For it is in the passion of our Lord that she places her hope of salvation, and thereby trusts to be protected from the craft of the falcon, that is, uh, of, of the devil. So, so the book is just, just full of these mm. beautiful insights, symbolic things to think about. You know, some of us think of Thomas as a great logician, you know, almost like a, a Spock-like figure, because he's mm. so brilliant and logical. But he's also, you, you can just feel the, the devotion to Christ when you go through these meditations. You know, I love what you're saying there, too, is you go back to St. Thomas Aquinas and you listen to what he's saying there, and I'm thinking of the divine mercy of Sister Faustina, and you, and you recognize that early in the church, devotion to the Sacred Heart was, was a, one of the central devotions. All of this stuff that the, our Catholic Church gives us is a, is a growth. It's a, like kind of an ongoing revelation of Christ and understanding that, that these things all are one. They're, they're, they're this, again, this, this, the true, the good, the beautiful, all have a unity um, in our Catholic faith. So thank you, uh, Dr. Kevin Vost, for sharing this with us and, uh, and for your work of drawing uh, others to Christ. Um, may, may God continue to bless your work. Oh, thanks for having me, and may you have a blessed land. All right, folks, this is Real Presence Live. We're going to step away for a break. On the other side of the break, we're going to visit with Father Richard Kunst. He was uh, in Rome. Um, over the time where Pope, Pope <laughs> I can't talk this morning, Pope Benedict XVI was there for his funeral, and he's going to talk to us about that on the other side of the break. This is Real Presence Live. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> 